chat. What's up, gamers? It's Chet here. We're back again with another edition of Real Nerd Hours. I'm joined today, as always, by Denzel. How you doing, Denzel? What's new in the world of your particular life? Hello, Chet. Nothing is new. Everything is the same. And life is pain. Wonderful. Nothing ever changes in the abyss of pain. Beautiful. Welcome to Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast, <laughs> ostensibly about nerd shit. On this week's show, we've got uh, the first few episodes of One Punch Man's second season and Men in Black International. But before we start, Chet, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good. I uh, went down to San Diego. If you missed the update, I'm living in L.A. now, which is honestly, I'm just too busy to really enjoy the place. So, yeah, uh, on most weekends I've been in San Diego to do various things, but uh, this time I was just kind of chilling. I watched the stream of Porter Robinson's Worlds, which was cool. And I know there were several people who got very emotional over it. I was not among them, but it was cool. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad I watched it live because I definitely wouldn't have gone back and watched. And Chrome Sparks is pretty tight. And then I also went to a very fancy, well, not all that fancy, but the food was excellent, uh, French place, French restaurant. And that was real good. I had steak tartare for the first time. I felt fancy. It was delicious. French food, I feel like, is very rare in San Diego. Yeah, there's, I can't really think of that many French places at all, or even like just casual French foods outside of like pastries and croissants and stuff like that's basically it's like brunch stuff and that's about it that i can think of it's about as rare as a bunch of other cuisines from different ethnicities like jamaican food is super rare in san diego (laughs) yeah like west indian food period and there's there's not really like a distinction between other groups of latin people like cuban food is oftentimes bundled with mexican food which is bundled with dominican food which is bundled with puerto rican food and like i'm sure there are different regions there's not like a ton of uh like middle eastern food out here either and mediterranean is just one category it's really weird yeah there's a very good uh sort of caribbean place in point loma they're primarily Cuban, but they also have Puerto Rican foods, some like other stuff kind of in that Caribbean area. I would say it's mostly Cuban, but they don't call themselves that. <laughs> so what did you do this weekend, Denzel? Uh, first and foremost, don't call me Denzel ever again. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And this weekend, I just hung out with Charles, and uh, we recorded a few episodes of the new podcast. Yeah. No Concessions. Yeah. It's a movie podcast hosted by people you like. We changed the Patreon URL to 
patreon.com slash no concessions. You should go check that out. Special offers coming up for a sticker pack from us. So if you sign up at any tier, I'll be sending you out three stickers while supplies last, which I imagine will be forever. <laughs> On the Patreon, we also are going to be doing a newsletter, bi-monthly newsletter. One is for everybody. One is for just patrons. And as soon as we get to a certain goal point, we will actually just release it weekly. If we hit a certain goal, we will have a weekly newsletter and the patrons will get all of them and normies will just get two. Yay. <laughs> Stickers, newsletter, bonus episodes, it's all coming. We've actually recorded a handful of episodes for the new podcast, and I'm looking forward to dropping them on y'all because they are delightful. I have fun listening to them. It's not common for me to sit and play back my own shit, but I'm sucking my own dick on these episodes. Yeah, filating yourself deep today. Hell yeah. Anyway, let's get into the new season of One Punch Man. Yeah, so if you're plugged into the anime twitter you may have caught wind that a lot of people were unhappy with one punch man season two because it just does not look as good as the first season and that's majorly disappointing and the first episode of the second season is rather slow i am one of the few people however that says or a few people, I guess, according to my sphere on the internet. But I still think the show's great. I still really enjoy this. And the animation is still well above average of shonens of most shows out there. So basically, my message to the world, especially to anime Twitter, stop hating. Right? It looks stupid. You can't judge the whole season off the first episode. Yes, it does look worse than season one because a lot of the key animators for season one either went to Mob Psycho season two or to the new Boogie Pop, Boogie Pop Phantom anime. And they can't do both. So, (laughs) yeah, so a lot of the a lot of the folks that made the first season so incredible weren't available but the new cast or the new crew i think they did a fine job it's not as good and they cut a lot of corners and like using more still frames using more like dumb faces rather than like the serious faces and it it is a a serious step down but it's still it's still just better than most of that other shit that comes out it's still better looking than Naruto and One Piece and I although those look terrible, but you get the point. <laughs> so I'm enjoying it. And there's some cool ass fights that either are still coming or I haven't gotten around to watching yet, like Metal Bat versus Garo. And actually just the whole start of Garo as a character is really cool. So, uh, yeah. Just uh, stop hating and give it a shot if you haven't. If all you heard is negativity off Twitter, tell them to shut up and respect the mans. <laughs> all right, sick. Uh, I I guess I'll be checking it out tonight. I'm going to give it a look, yeah. see what's good. Yeah. 
I've been hitting so many years today. I don't know why. <laughs> huh. It seems like a choice. Yeah, it, it seems that way. But, you know, I'm just it's how I'm living my life. Do your thing. Yeah. Do your thing. I, I will continue to do my thing. Today, in fact, right before recording this, I watched Men in Black International, the latest in the Men in Black franchise. Yeah. You'll never guess, but that movie is pretty all right. That that actually is pretty surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's not one of those films that you would expect to be super awful, but pretty awful. Men in Black 3 was fucking garbage. (laughs) I know a lot of people who would fight you over that. Men in Black 3, the time travel shit? I never saw it. Don't Fuck ask out me. Of here. Fuck out of here. That movie sucked. Anybody who disagrees with me can eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> episodes or episodes. The second one was pretty all right. I like the second one. I like the first one a lot as well. The first two were fucking rad, dude. The third one was like a wet sock. Uh. Not very good at all. It wasn't enjoyable. And this new one isn't as good as the first two, but it's far and beyond better than the third one. In this one, it, it follows, (laughs) it it follows Chris Hemsworth who works at the London branch of the men in black, who was led by the man who loves horses more than he loves black people. (laughs) Liam Neeson, (laughs) who, if you notice, didn't appear in any of the advertising materials. No, I had no idea he was going to be in the movie, but you know, the, the recent controversies, let's, uh, yeah, we know why. You would definitely, definitely know why. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you you referenced it just to describe him anyway. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the movie centers around two men in black operatives, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, as they fuck around and try to have like a cool adventure, and that's what this movie is. It's a pretty sweet adventure. Chris Hemsworth plays Chris Hemsworth playing Thor playing uh, Agent H in Men in Black. That does not roll off the tongue. No, no, it didn't. He's an aloof guy. He's playing Thor, basically. He's just an aloof dude who works at this company, and he doesn't really give a shit. Or at least it doesn't come across as he does that he does, but he's very good at what he does anyway. And Tessa Thompson, as you could tell from the trailers, she's like the very smart young lady who found the men in black. Oh, she she managed to get to them. She found them when nobody else could. Initially, what she was doing was going around to every agency and saying, I believe in aliens. Hire me for the men in black. That's how you choose people, right? Seems and, seems accurate, yeah. <laughs> and what ended up happening though is she ended up stumbling across some meteor that crashed landed on Earth or whatever, or somebody's spaceship who had crash landed on Earth, and the movie goes on from there. As you guessed from the trailer as well, the movie centers around a, an extremely powerful re- weapon. That is um, capable of destroying an entire solar system or something like that. That seems um, strong. Yeah, they've they've managed to compress a star in this weapon and make it fucking absolutely t- 
terrifying on the lowest setting is what happens in that trailer when they shoot the gun in that desert. That's like the lowest setting that it has. I it's a demonstration on how powerful that gun is. It can actually really fuck up an entire planet or several or a star or whatever. It's a blue giant trapped in this gun, which is it's pretty sweet. That's a pretty sweet idea. I'm not going to lie. I like that shit. I like it a lot. The movie. I, I mean, like I recommend it because I love men in black. I love that franchise a lot. It's even though it's fucking terrible, just like the alien <laughs> franchises. It's not good. Uh, uh, but I will say they could have done a lot more interesting stuff with the story because the twist is obvious. It's not, uh, it's not a good movie. It's, but it's enjoyable. Well, all right. the twist the twist you are you, you can see it coming from the beginning they do some clever things with it because it's like it's actually a lot of fun like some of the stuff that they managed to do with how they slowly reveal to the audience what happened to chris hemsworth's character they do a lot of subtle things with it that make it really interesting one of the stories that I think I could recommend that would be fucking way better than the one that they did. If you take a look at Gantz O from Netflix, it's that it's like that small slice of story from the Gantz manga. And it's it's fucking weird. But in effect, there's this like super powerful group of aliens that invaded this small area of a town and this group of people sent in to exterminate them. But like the ultra powerful one shows up and fucking murders everyone. It's insane. Uh, with the exception of like the main character, they get out with their lives. But I think that would be a cool way to do uh, a men in black story. You don't have to make it as gnarly as, <laughs> as Gantz O is, but you could do a lot of really cool shit with it. That would be an an unexpected but cool way to do it. Yeah, it would be it would be fucking sweet, dude. Uh, in in effect, I mean the story of the the story of Men in Black isn't good. It's it's fine. Uh, it's not as bad as you would expect it to be, but it's 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 enjoyable. It's like honestly shit. surprising that it's any good at all because like it feels like they weren't even really trying with the advertising. It's funny because there are a few stories out about how the process for get the process for getting that movie made was fucking trying for everybody involved <laughs> because apparently there was like a lot of infighting with the cast and crew and there was no like. I, I don't want to use the exact words that they use in the headline of the story, but in effect, the headline says there was no sense of sense of urgency. Interesting. Um, yeah. And they were just kind of like, ah, fuck it. Let's just hang out. We're, we're on location in this fucking dank dungeon in fucking London. It's cool because it seems like they hired a bunch of actors in London or like people you would recognize if you watch a lot of panel shows, but not if you don't <laughs> or if you take in like a bunch of English media, it seems like you'd be able to recognize some of these cats, which is really dope. Like I get a kick out of that because a lot of the people they feature in it are 
pretty funny. They and they have like that dry British humor in a lot of parts of the movie, so it's not going to click with largely an American audience in a lot of parts if they don't really fuck with the comedy. That little thing, the green thing that's in the trailer that starts calling Tessa Thompson his queen, is basically the proxy for the American comedy in the movie. <laughs> and the that stuff, it's funny. It's not great, but it's funny. I do enjoy me some dry British humor. So that's what a lot of the the front of the movie was loaded with. And like it was very subtle humor. It's it was very cute. That sounds fun. Yeah. I, overall, I'd recommend it. Cool. Cool. Again, unexpected, but pleasantly so. Yeah. Uh, no cameo from Will Smith or tommy lee jones i'm not surprised there's no tommy lee jones but a little surprised that no will smith yeah will smith should have been on it honestly or should have been in it briefly but that story in that fucking last one was stupid as shit it was so (laughs) bad it was one of the worst i hate time travel so much time travel's terrible yeah yeah no surprises there a lifelong hater of the time travels and that's okay because it's so hard to get right and yeah especially when you throw time travel into something that's like already existing it can really throw things off like if you have a self-contained story that's all about time travel you can make it work you know but when you take I don't, you, you take Dragon Ball Z and suddenly, oh, we got to alter the past and there's an alternate future. and uh, uh, It just gets too wonky. I can't support it. Yeah, it can get pretty bad. So in other news this week, we had the, the final issue of Shokugeki no Soma Food Wars, as it's known in here in the States. Uh, they the final issue came out last Friday in Shonen Jump, and that's that series. I enjoyed it, and I didn't expect to, which is why I have to give it a shout out because the only thing I knew about it in the beginning of that show coming out because I didn't I didn't start reading the manga, I started watching the show, and uh, that all I knew about it was like yo. Sometimes people eat food and it makes them come. I'm like, okay, this is idiotic. Uh, But it ended up being pretty good. Like I actually enjoyed it much more than I ever expected that I would. But the last arc was bad. It was just outright not good. Largely because it felt like they had to rush through it to get to an end. Like it had been declining in popularity from the second to last arc, which I thought was okay. It wasn't great, but it was all right. But um, it, it ran into the same sort of problems that a lot of other Shonen style series had where like they introduced some really cool concepts and some interesting characters. And it just didn't know what it wanted to do with everyone that they had. Like, Obviously, you have to make the story about your main characters, but there's all these other people that, you know, friends 
or enemies that become friends and now they're your most powerful ally and you know that kind of thing but after they become your most powerful ally they just do nothing so okay <laughs> so they, they had that problem kind of a lot and uh Yeah, it was, I still recommend the series overall, and I, I liked the way they ended it specifically. Like, the last issue itself was cool. The last two were cool, but leading up to it, they had to jump the shark so many times. They had to just mental and physical gymnastics through so much, and there's so many things that were just completely left untouched. Could you, could you elaborate a little so, bit? So, there is... An underlying theme throughout the whole series is that uh, Soma's dad, the main character's dad, is the one who taught him how to cook. And that's, you know, why he's such a good cook. It's because he had been uh, working in his diner with his dad. Uh, and his dad's whole thing was, oh, in order to become a great cook, you need someone who inspires you to be a great cook. And it's hinted throughout the whole series that that's uh, Soma's mother that he's referring to when he says that. We never learn anything about Soma's mother except that she was a bad cook. And like, that's it. That's the only information that we get about Soma's mother throughout the whole fucking series. And I mean, I guess it's unimportant, but it's also never really like that whole thing that's been teased at throughout the whole thing. You never really get any closure with it. And like, it's never that important, but it's so unsatisfying that it's like dangled in front of your face for such a large portion of the series. And then just, eh, sorry, we couldn't bring this to a close. We're just, Okay. And anybody who's into like the romance in the series never gets any real closure with that either because he never gets anywhere with any of the girls. Like, I'm not surprised in the slightest that that's what happened, but I'm sure there are several people that are very uh, frustrated with how they how they pulled that off. But I would still say it's so much less disappointing of an ending than Bleach or Naruto or anything like that. You know, a lot of other big shonen series end in such unsatisfying ways that this is fine. <laughs> this is totally acceptable in comparison. So yeah, just wanted to give a, a shout out to that series. I enjoyed it. And, you know, if you're into starting series only after they finish, well, now you can. Excellent. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Kake Guguri, Kake Guguri XX? No. Is there in like another season to it? Yeah. Second season started. Oh, I had no idea. Or it came out. The other thing that they added to Netflix, aside from that season, the second season of Kake Guguri, Kake Guguri, Gambling Ekis, Ekis. Girls. Evangelion is going up on Netflix. 
Yeah, we knew this was coming for a little bit. There was quite a bit of fanfare uh, around its triumphant return to American media. Because despite like how well known the series is, it hasn't really shown up on that many Western channels or like readily available stuff, you know? Yeah. And even the remake didn't appear in that many places, right? Because they were like, uh, this was right when piracy was a big concern for the anime industry. Yeah. So they're just like, we're not releasing this in America because it's just going to be pirated. And then they did anyway. (laughs) I mean, I feel like if they wanted to make any money, they had to do an international release. Like I know a lot of what makes money for uh, anime creators is like Blu-ray sales and like merch and stuff. But international sales are kind of a large part of that still. I wonder if they consider people doing unlicensed merch as piracy. That's an excellent question. I don't, I don't know how that works. (laughs) I would imagine that because it's their IP, like it's easy for me to believe that they would consider it piracy. I mean, I don't I don't think like it's obviously theft of some sort, you know, profiting off of someone else's IP. But I never really considered it under the same umbrella as piracy. Like when you have someone, you know, making a plush of Pokemon without getting the blessings of Nintendo, that doesn't take away necessarily from Pokemon itself, but it may draw away from merch sales. But then there's other stuff where it's like, okay, you've never once released a Maractus plush. So if this person on Etsy makes a Maractus plush, are we really taking away from those sales that never existed in the first place? Well, in the eyes of the corporate overlords, yes, because <laughs> yes, it's, <of> course. <laughs> it's the same thing as if like your roommate has food in the fridge and they typically leave leftovers there, but you eat it anyway, knowing that like they typically leave shit in there. So it's not that big of a deal. And they come up to you and say, like, man, what if I was going to eat it this time? What if this was the time that I was going to eat the fuck out of man, that? I and you fuck that up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I imagine it's something like that, but with legal tort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's something that most companies really pursue. Uh, Well, not on a large scale. Like cease and desist. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And, you know, if you continue, then you're in trouble. But yeah, it's pretty much just a and d and move on. But. Like, it's so. It's so shitty for larger companies to do that because like, yeah, if someone we're just going to continue with Maractus because no one likes Maractus. If someone really was a Maractus fan. Like, of course, they're going to buy whatever official merch comes out, but. They could put or Nintendo could theoretically argue that, hey, this one person that bought this one plush. That's twenty dollars they didn't spend on us. Yeah, and there are also those people that'll buy anything regardless of what it is if Nintendo puts it out. Like, it's not that I don't think they'll do, like, tremendous numbers with just some random plush of, like, some really shitty Pokemon. But I think they could do pretty good regardless. I mean, they'd probably sell a couple thousand considering how many people in the world enjoy Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to picture that, like, oops. It's hard to picture 
for anyone having selling thousands of units of just some random item being considered a pretty major failure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more the principle of it, because if you look at something like Evangelion, I know you remember this, like from 2004 to I want to say like two, maybe even earlier than that. 2000 let's say 2002 to 2009 those nerve messenger bags were the most popular thing in anime yeah everybody had that (laughs) yeah so imagine how much money the people who own that ip are missing out on because some fucking weird third-party dude with like a beer gut and people that he knows in china like can get that made cheaply and sell it at anime conventions for like 50 bucks a pop like over over that many years, something like a Maractus wouldn't make that big of a difference to Nintendo, I wouldn't imagine. Nah. But if somebody's like doing all twelve hundred and fifty Pokemon or however many <laughs> there are and putting it on a messenger bag or on a T-shirt or like as an all over print shirt or something, I could imagine that that would make a pretty reasonable difference. Yeah. Yeah. Something something like that where it's ubiquitous and like that the Pokemon company could conceivably put out that may actually be worth pursuing for them. Well, regardless of whether or not they plan on putting it out, I mean, how I would handle it granted, like I'm not again, if you've heard this podcast before, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of unregulated capitalism, but if I owned a company, I would absolutely go after small people using my IP, like absolutely. And I would bury them. And it wouldn't endear me towards any fans or anything. So maybe I would consider who I'm doing it to, but I would, I wouldn't spare anybody just because they were small. Like, I don't care about that. I would just say, fuck it. They're using the IP. We'll send you a C and D. And if you ignore that, and if you go on Twitter and talk about, oh my God, I can't believe they're sending me a cease and desist for this Pokemon that they would never, ever consider making a plush of. I would literally just be like, all right. You had your one shot. If you continue to do it, we're going to turf you. I think the most that they can legally get out of you, though, is however much money you made on sales. And then like small damages or some amount of damages. So it might cost them more to take you to court. But literally, I would make it a point to just fucking shit on people who think that they could get away with it. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, like when you have a legal team on retainer, it's not as though you're paying them extra to take, you know, Joe Schmo into court. Actually, it would never even go to court. Of course, it's just, okay. write some papers. The judge looks at it. You've got the patents. They sold some shit. It's open and shut case, Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. And like I would just destroy anybody on social media and I would literally have like the meanest PR firm or meanest PR person who works in the office just be like you know what dude you did this to yourself we sent you a cease and desist it'd be like those things where uh somebody's got the fucking receipts and it's just us the emails that we sent to the content creator just being like yo we tried to get you to stop but you didn't this is, you brought this on yourself dog this is on you we warned you bro we warned you bro Come on. Yeah. I mean, but like in in a nutshell, that's how that's supposed to function, right? Yeah. I'm a big company and I can muscle you out of the market if I want to. And that's just how the market works. You have no way to stop me. 
none. Like I could be nice and be like, oh yeah, you know, I understand that there are people who are fans of this or whatever. No, fuck that. I'm going to destroy you. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that only works when your material, your IPs haven't become part of like conversations and culture. Like there's so much fan stuff for Pokemon, for Mario, for Mega Man, et cetera, et cetera, because they've been part of lives, part of people's lives for so long. And of course, not everything is going to satisfy everyone's needs for new material. And it becomes, it almost becomes free advertising for you. Like when people release new Mega Man fan projects that just tells the creators, you know, we really could just make another Mega Man game. Yeah, but that's not how I would look at it. That's I fair. would just say, Doug, you're ripping our shit off. Like, it doesn't matter if it's free advertising. If I wanted free advertising, I'd post about it on Twitter. Right. You just do an art contest and people like, oh, my God, I can't believe the official Mega Man account shared my art. I'm so lucky to give them this free art that I could have yeah. been paid for. Dude, people would do shitload of work for free, too. Man, contests are like, such a good way to get free shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, going back to Evangelion, yeah, I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's easily one of the most overrated pieces of fiction ever created. We have, and def- I say that I feel like I say that a lot. We have definitely uh, made that stance known. <laughs> yeah, at some excellent. Point on this show. <laughs> I don't think that it's a good show for basically anybody to get into. Like if you're watching it for the first time, that show is not going to make any fucking sense. No, there are going to be like some cool parts in it, but like, it's not good. It's not a good show. It definitely if they have the sense. remakes on there. It would, those would probably be worth checking out. Well, it is worth noting that they're redoing a lot of it from scratch. Oh, are they? Yeah. Um, they, well, not not from scratch, not from scratch, but I know they are like re-recording the um, the voice sessions and stuff. So it's not not the ocean group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there it's not just going to be the same exact thing that we had. But, you know, it. I mean, they're not redoing the animation or anything. Not that not that I'm aware of. They may have like remastered it and like, you know fixed any aspect ratio issues or whatever but it's not the exact same thing we had it's something (laughs) it's i mean they improved on it a little bit you know what i'm gonna watch it anyway because hopefully they improved it to the point where it's watchable (laughs) Um, Do you know if they're adding anything else? Like, is End of Evangelion going to be on there? uh, I don't know the specifics on the release. I never really cared about Evangelion very much, so I didn't um, do any research into it. I just know that it's coming out. And there was some controversy about the uh, the voice actors. Because a lot of the people who were on the original voice cast, they were relatively new at the time. But of course, that was like 20 years ago. Probably more than that. Uh, and the ones that are still in the business are much better voice actors now, but they had to like re audition and stuff. And some of them ended up getting, uh, kind of cut from it just 
like just on principle because the original dub left a bad taste in some people's mouths. They're like, oh, no, we can't cast you again. You did a terrible job 20 some odd years ago. Oh, that's unfair. Yeah, it really is. But uh, you know. I mean, if they're still working now, they've got to they had to have gotten better. Honestly, yeah. And they're probably doing pretty well at this point. You know, if you've been a VA in the same industry since the Evangelion days, you're probably a pretty household name. But I don't want to make assumptions about people's careers. Just, you know, it's a little shitty that they got wrote, written off like without without being given a shot. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Anyway, I don't recommend checking it out. Don't watch <laughs> that shit. That shit sucks. I mean, if if you liked Evangelion back in the day and you're just like, oh, I should rewatch this. Yeah, by all means, just fucking rewatch it. But I never got around to watching it. I've never really had anyone recommend it to me because people who know my taste know that it's not really up my alley. Like by all accounts, I probably won't like it. So I'm not going to go out of my way. Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of re-releases. Yeah. So in a surprise announcement, uh, Marvel says they're going to be re-releasing Endgame in theaters. Mind you, I'm pretty sure Endgame is still playing in a lot of theaters. Like, I don't think it's it's relegated to the second runs only. I, I'm pretty sure you can still just go see it. <laughs> uh, but June 28th, they will be releasing an extended cut with new content. Did well, they say how much? Oh, excuse me. No, it says it's not an extended cut. There would be a deleted scene a tribute and some quote unquote extra surprises for fans who stick around the reported re-release could serve two important purposes. It could remind audiences going into Spider-Man far from home that yes, Peter Parker is alive and it might help Endgame surpass the box office take of avatar still the highest grossing movies of all time. Is that with inflation? I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it's current. Uh, Endgame is currently about $45 million short of Avatar's $2.88 billion take in the box office. Oh, God damn. So they're real close. Honestly, it's probably going to pass it like just naturally. But. I mean, <laughs> that's a great way to ensure that you blast past it. It is this. I find this super fucking dubious. Like, I uh, I don't <laughs> I think this is real shitty of them to do. I guess like if if all they're trying to do is beat the box office record of Avatar. I don't know, just make a movie that's more rewatchable next time. Like, good luck. You'll never have a release this big again. <laughs> the popularity of avatar is kind of anomalous to me i don't understand it anymore was it just because it was like the first big 3d movie that come out in a long time you know honestly i'm not sure like i know my dad really liked it so we ended up seeing it in theaters twice i think once oh in- cool your dad is a big fan of sci-fi dances with wolves yeah um we saw it once in 3d once without the 3d and I mean, it's fine. 
Like, I thought the movie was all right. You know, I didn't hate it by any means because some people responded to the movie by like, oh, this movie sucks. It was garbage. It was unwatchable. Yada, yada. The usual contrarian opinions. It was fine. Like, it wasn't a bad movie. You can follow the story. There's a lot going on. There's really cool scenes and settings. But I certainly wouldn't peg this as being worth worthy of being the biggest box office release ever. But I do think that they pushed the 3D aspect of it so much really helped because ticket prices are more expensive. So it draws in more money because you have to pay more money just to watch the movie in the first place. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, that's a little stupid, but I mean, gets their money. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't know about re-releasing this. That's stupid. That's super dumb. And if you feel like you need to re-release a movie to remind people that Iron Man is dead and that Peter Parker is alive, then you didn't do a good enough job with your previous film. Honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> if if it's unclear that Spider-Man's alive and that Far From Home takes place after Endgame, if that's not clear, then you either didn't see the movie or you're kind of an idiot or that the movie did a very bad job of explaining that. I feel like that was very clear in the movie. <laughs> yeah. With the funeral, with everybody badly composited in there. Yeah, that was a little that was a little weird. Why couldn't they film that like on location? Why did that have well, to be green screened in? So from what I was told, it was because they didn't want the cast to know what they were doing there. Oh, actually, yeah, there was there was a post from, I think, Mark Ruffalo that said he thought that it was a uh, a wedding. Yeah, they were told they were filming a wedding scene, and that's why everyone was uh, all dressed up. Mm. Go figure. Yep. Can't be trusted. That Ruffalo. Yeah. Anyway, just basically adding a really shitty Blu-ray cut to the mix is not tight. Yeah, oh, little, I can't. <laughs> like it, it's apparently not an extended cut, so I'm not even sure like what we're really getting out of this. I get that. OK, there's going to be a deleted scene and some quote unquote extra surprises. So like, do they, are they just adding a post credit scene? Is that all we're getting? They're probably adding like maybe six total minutes worth of stuff. When I I was big into DVDs before they started making rental DVDs, uh, watching the extra features on things was my shit. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. A lot of different things worth watching. But what I realized with the deleted scenes is largely depending on the movie. But for the majority of the movies I had seen is there wasn't that much unique shit on there. No, it's just like an extra five seconds tacked onto this scene. It's another four seconds onto this one, maybe a minute of another scene. But that's really about it. That's if they're really adding. I'm sure because it's a fucking three hour movie maybe like seven or eight minutes worth of stuff. They could, they could conceivably cut some things down as well. Like just a lot of the downtime or like when, when Ant-Man first comes back into San Francisco, like that stuff's pretty minor 
it's pretty much just covering things we already knew. So if they wanted to take, you know, 30 seconds out of that scene, I don't think anyone's going to feel it. And out of a three hour movie, I'm sure you can trim down a couple of minutes without changing the whole movie up. I'm sure they could really, in all honesty, cut down like about 40 of those minutes. Well, according to some jack off on the Internet with his his anti SJW cut, you can drop about half the whole movie just by removing all the women. This dude on the Pirate Bay found a cam rip of the uh, of the movie of Endgame and took it upon himself to remove all the SJW content in it. Which is to say, uh, Iron Man and Nebula make it back to Earth on their own. They didn't need the help of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel shows up and leaves immediately (laughs) and doesn't do anything. Like, overpowering Thanos? Nah. Uh, Taking out his ship? Nah. All that's just, she's just gone. And then other stuff like the family stuff with Iron Man is out. Uh, The long shot of... Black Panther, once the whole once the gang is back, they cut out that shot. They cut out the you Bombay chant. They cut out basically anything that has to do with any emotions or women or black people, anything of that sort, gone. But of course, that's a large part of the movie. So the whole thing comes at clocks in at about like an hour and 26 minutes. And then uh, the a lot of the framing is really, really bad where it's like super zoomed in on Iron Man's face so that it doesn't show Pepper next to him. It's just, oh, wow. I kind of want to find it like and watch it. And I should have done it back like when it came out because now I can't find any evidence of it. But it was apparently like super haphazardly and very, very poorly put together. And truly one of the most idiotic things that someone's done on the Internet for the sake of protecting white men, I guess, from those scary women. Yeah, that's uh, a bad look. It's ridiculous to the point where it feels like someone who was progressive did this just to fuck with people. Oh, I can't remember that rule. It's basically it's so close to satire that you can't tell whether or not they're being sincere. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like something to that effect. But apparently it was a real thing that someone put together. So I, I feel like that's too much effort to do for some form of satire. And it was too. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that someone would use as a form of sabotage because it was also not like. It wasn't absurd enough, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I feel it. People are stupid. So let's get into questions from the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Join the discussion. You got one more episode. This next one's going to be the last one. So if you got something to say, fucking say it. All right. All right. So aluminum tubes asks, is that phone line still up for voice messages? Yes, it is. It's 413-SAVAGE-1. Yeah, yeah give us a call. Yeah. We'll play all the messages on the last episode. There you go. 
There you go. Hey, actually, let me let me do this. If you want to leave us a message for the final episode of Real Nerd Hours, just uh, call 413-SAVAGE-1. Leave us a message, and we'll play it in the final episode. Like in that Kanye album where <laughs> on the last song, I think his last call where he plays a bunch of voicemails yeah. of people congratulating him. Yeah, we'll do the last call on on uh, Real Nerd Hours. There you go. That'll be the name of the last episode, too. Hey. Last call. That's that's a good name. It's a good name. Look at that. <laughs> Thank you. So Juice Campbell asks, now that we're dangerously close to the last episode of Real Nerd Hours, I think it's start time to start asking the important questions. What's the best cereal? Best breakfast meal overall? How about best early morning hangover cure? We're all adults here and we found ourselves hungover at Waffle House or at Denny's at some point. Looking forward to the new show. Thanks, man. Best cereal... I I don't know. Like I have a special place in my heart for Lucky Charms. Not that it's actually good. It's just it was it felt like such a treat as a kid that it's still it's still kind of special in ways, I guess. But also Cinnamon Toast Crunch kind of crept its way up there into the upper echelons as I got older. So, I'm going to go with those two as my top 2. Ooh. With a special mention to uh, Reese's Puffs. Yeah, I always liked Reese's Puffs when I was a kid, but I couldn't eat too many of them because it would start to taste like bile a little bit. I thought you were going to say blood from uh, destroying the roof of your mouth. Uh, (laughs) No, Um, I would I would probably say my favorite cereal when I was eating cereal was God, it was this General Mills cereal. It was like Honey Nut Crunch or something like that. Honey, it was like one of those adult cereals that basically was cornflakes with almond clusters. Oh, you mean Honey Bunches of Oats. Honey Bunches of Oats. So I like Honey Bunches of Oats. I know it's good, but that was one of the cereals that they would carry like in the big ass packs at Costco. So my parents would buy it like four of those at once and we would have honey bunches of oats as the only available cereal for months at a time and that got old pretty quick yeah i could imagine i could imagine why that one was one of my favorites as well as cinnamon toast crunch is a classic that shit bangs overall a good breakfast at least in my opinion you can't ever go wrong with over easy eggs and some of those shredded hash browns, dog. And as far as like hangover food cures go uh, or hangover cure foods uh, for breakfast. Well, typically, if I'm hung over to the point where I can't get out of bed, which is really when I'm hung over, there's not really there are three settings for my hangovers. There's I'm exhausted there's I'm in pain, but I can still function and the pain is so severe. I can't get out of bed. <laughs> Damn. And if it's to the point where I can't get out of bed, that's typically if I've been drinking like a bunch of vodka, I don't know why vodka and PBR typically give me the worst hangovers I've ever had in my life. Interesting. Very weird. But anyway, the first thing I would do is hit up five guys when I was still eating red meat. I would, I would go get one of those double cheeseburgers. I guess it's just called a cheeseburger at five guys. Oh yeah. It's a a big burger. Okay. Yeah. So I'd get the big cheeseburger 
and I'd get one of the hot dogs as well, both with cheese. Obviously, the cheeseburgers got cheese. <laughs> I'd get cheese on the hot dog and I'd layer it up with like uh, mushrooms, onions, jalapeno, <sighs> sauteed onion. I'd double up on onion. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't eat their fries because I think their fries suck. But five guys would always do me right. I would eat that shit and then fall right back asleep and feel <laughs> like a new man when I got up. Knock the fuck out. Yeah, dude, it was sick. It was probably the best hangover cure that I've ever had. I imagine it's because it's so fatty. Yeah, all that grease does a lot of wonders for you. Yeah, but now when I'm hungover, if I am that hungover, I typically will just drink a fuckload of coconut water and uh, eat something fatty somewhere. A lot of people swear by coconut water for hangovers. I've never really tried it. it's just a matter of... It's just a matter of uh, staying hydrated. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not like it's not anything too crazy. Uh, you could use Pedialyte. You could use coconut water. You could use like, I guess Gatorade would work, but Gatorade's not necessarily all that good. It's a lot what more, I have, more sugar than the other two. Yeah, yeah. What I use now is I've got these like electrolyte pills that I use when I go to the gym to kind of I don't I don't know how to phrase this without sounding like a big weenie but if I work out too hard I get super nauseous oh and no yeah that's that's definitely a thing okay cool so and that happens every time I go to the gym because I'm such a strong man <laughs> I'm muy fuerte and I go to the gym and I work out for long periods of time because I'm fuerte anyway I, I'll just take um, some electrolyte shit these pills that I have and I don't know if they actually work but the hope is that they do. Yeah, placebos, baby. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it does something for you. Yeah, I mean, it's got a fuckload of vitamins in it, and that's what matters. I just take two of these motherfuckers and then piss out the rest of the vitamins that I'm not using. And I also have multivitamins that I take as well when I'm feeling hungover. I mean, the multivitamins don't necessarily help all that much, but they do. Kind of. I'm sure it does something for you. My, my go-to for hangovers is pretty much just uh suck it up because i don't i don't like to eat when i'm hungover like i have to force myself to eat but the great way that i have found to work through a hangover bloody mary's man just keep on drinking (laughs) but specifically bloody mary's because there's a lot of like salt and vegetable juice and fruit juice and all that so there is a lot of stuff that's good for you in it but also vodka so you're getting re-drunk which pushes off the the drunk or the the hangover and then you know you'll have stuff like olive juice in it which is filled with electrolytes and you'll have tomato juice which has antioxidants and vitamins etc etc and uh, it does a trick pretty well Granted, a lot of people don't like Bloody Marys, so not for everyone. Yeah, I hate Bloody Marys, and I also hate vodka. Well, looks like you're shit out of luck there, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I drink a fuckload of rum. I love rum. Rum is the best. I had a coworker call me out for being a rum drinker. I'm like, why are you hating, man? <laughs> Hold on. Who dislikes rum? 
um this jewish guy i don't know (laughs) you should have turned that shit right the fuck back around on him you should have been like what kind of person are you to dislike rum huh (laughs) Hmm? what's wrong with you Uh our last question today comes from samurai jack the face ripper he says and it like you started y'all play any 40k yet or convert to a work jerk congrats on a great run really looking forward to how things progress with the new show Thanks, man. Thanks for listening for this entire time. Yeah, shout out to it's everyone who's crazy. been here for 129 episodes, y'all. Fucking hell. That's a lot of episodes. And this show was real bad at times. <laughs> yeah, buddy. There were some real stinker episodes. No, I've never jacked off at work. No, I've never played 40K. But I do like looking at 40K arts or sculpture paintings. Whatever they're called. Yes, yes. The uh, the figures. Yeah, I've got a friend who has a shitload of 40K stuff. I should hit him up and just do a round. But I have a feeling that's not an easy thing to do. So, yeah, maybe not. As for the uh, work jerking, I have not beat off at work in a few years. Unless you consider that when you're working at home. Because I've definitely done that. Just, oh, I've hit a wall. All right, time to rub one out. <laughs> that's at home so i don't think that counts <laughs> no it doesn't but uh yeah i don't think i'll be doing that for a while but you never know gotta keep everybody on their toes <laughs> oh geez wait until somebody walks into you walks in on you at a stall oh i mean it's still private uh private rooms hell yeah yeah Speaking of things that people shouldn't do in bathrooms, I watched uh, I once watched a video of some grown men flushing a cake down a toilet. Fuck. It was really weird. They went to their office bathroom and just flushed a cake down the toilet. All right. Why not? Actually, don't answer that. There's several reasons why not. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for writing into this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. The second to last episode, just as a reminder. The penultimate episode. Uh, Just as a reminder, next week is the final episode. If you want to leave us a voicemail, send us uh, a little comment or an email or something, feel free to do so. It's uh, askrnh at gmail.com is the email address. 413-SAVAGE1 is the phone number. Give us a call. Literally uh, leave us something. It's the final, almost, almost the final episode. So... This is your last chance. This is, this is all you get. That's it. Yeah. That's, this is the last of it. Yeah. New shows called No Concessions. The newsletter is going to be going out on the 30th of this month. So either get on the Patreon or I guess get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) The newsletter uh, features like community contributions, like an article and some recommendations from people on the show. And the new content is actually pretty, pretty rad as well. A doctor who recap show as well as like a television review show and also commentaries and all that. So check it out. Patreon.com slash no concessions. And yeah, thanks everybody for listening. We'll uh, catch you next week. Y'all have a good night.